This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. Welcome back to the Dog Check Podcast. I'm your host, Chandler Adams, here to cover all things Dog Pound in Cleveland for you guys. Make sure you go over to the Twitter account and give that a follow. It's at Dog Check Pod. And while you're there, check out the giveaway that's going on. Uh, we're giving away a white Elfie Freddie Kitchens hat, the one he wore in the press conference. Uh, but we need to get to 500 followers, and you need to be retwe- you need to have retweeted that tweet and be following to be entered. Uh, I'm joined today by the one and only Corey Miller, and we're just gonna we're gonna talk about the Gerald McCoy fiasco, uh, OTAs. A salary cap and a couple listener questions. Before I forget, uh, we have been officially submitted to Apple and iTunes. Uh, so Saturday should be the latest that those will be up there. Um, I have a couple other podcast apps that people have requested, and uh, I I plan to get those all done by Saturday. So you'll have six or seven episodes up on every platform. But yeah, thank you for listening talking i'm gonna wait till exactly two minutes that way it's like a nice hey hey, i'm on sports track for uh my 2020 free agents that we need to go after (laughs) five four two and welcome back to episode five of the Dog Check Podcast. I'm your host, Chandler Adams, and I'm joined today, once again, by the one and only Corey Miller. Uh, his Twitter handle is at MillerC97. Go ahead and give him a follow. And while you're there, give the Dog Check Pod a follow on Twitter. It's always appreciated. Right now, there is an awesome giveaway going on. For the Freddie Kitchens white Elfie hat that he wore during his press conference. But I got to get to 500 followers by Saturday, guys. And you have to retweet it and be following to be entered for a chance to win it. All right. Today, we have a lot of stuff uh, we want to talk about. Some things floating around the Browns Twitterverse and media world right now. We're going to start out with the infamous Gerald McCoy. So... to make this really simple, which we're going to go over it, but in a simple term, can the Browns just trade Duke Duke Johnson for Gerald McCoy? The answer is absolutely not. We are already 
running so low on cap room to to pay these people. We don't we don't have the money for thirteen million dollars a year. If okay, so right now, if you were to add Gerald McCoy to this roster, not cut anybody from the roster, not pay Joe Schobert next year, not start giving guys extensions that deserve them, you will have one million dollars left in cap space. That means Kareem Hunt's on the market, Joe Schobert's on the market. Um there are a few others I can't think of off the top of my head. We cannot pay Gerald McCoy $13 million a year. In fact, we're kind of struggling to pay him even like a $6 million a year deal. Because, guys, we got to pay Schobert. We, we have to pay J.C. Treader, in my opinion. You want to sign back Kareem Hunt. And Duke Johnson's not that expensive to have. Next year, he'll be $4 million. That's not that expensive for the kind of um not wildcat but like a joker type Tyreek Hill kind of player so we can we have to stop it with the Gerald McCoy I'm gonna break your hearts right now it's probably not gonna happen let me rephrase that if the front office knows what is best for them Gerald McCoy will not be a brown unless Gerald McCoy for some reason wants to take an, a 70% pay cut. Now that I have my Gerald McCoy rant out of the way, I'm going to let Corey Miller talk about this. Um, he's not bad. I mean, he's, he's, he's an above average tackle. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good player. I would love to have him. He's, he's not worth $13 million. If we had the room and we had... If we didn't have Larry Ogunjobi and Richardson, sorry, go on. I'm just getting yeah. amped. It's he's, he's overpaid. We we have no need for him. We we if need he, defensive tackle. Um, we need defensive tackle uh, inflow. We need more people. We need to do the Philadelphia eight person thing. But their backups weren't thirteen million. You know, it, it's just. If if it was five million, I'd say yes. But he's Absolutely. not signing a five million deal. We don't need him. No, he's only thirty one. He played way too well last year. He doesn't get hurt. You can find better on the market. Yeah, and cheaper, I cheaper I was actually uh in my rant I uh messed up. We would actually if we traded Duke for McCoy, did nothing else. So we didn't sign Schobert back, so now we don't have a linebacker. We don't have a middle linebacker. We didn't sign Kareem Hunt back, so now we have Nick Chubb, praying he doesn't get hurt. We didn't sign J.C. Treader back, so we don't have the most important position um, on the offensive line. Um, We're negative $8 million in cap space right there, ladies and gentlemen, and that doesn't fly. That would not work. And I understand people want Gerald McCoy, and I understand Gerald McCoy is an above-average tackle, like Corey said. But, Corey, I don't think people are quite grasping that the salary cap isn't just... This isn't baseball. That you don't... You can't... If you're... You can't just spend what you want. You have a limit. And if you... And you have to worry about the years to come. And you it's, need the rollover cap. It's not like NBA. If you don't use it, you lose it. That's, that's not how this works. Yeah, exactly. We... That's something... Thank you, Corey. 
I don't. If you want to talk about it, you can. But the the rollover cap, people people don't realize it. In 2018, oh, this season, this off season, the Browns had a bunch of cap space. I think what was it like the second or third most, Corey, with like third. the Colts up there and something. Third. Okay, we had the third most cap space. You want to know how much rollover cap we had? Fifty six million. That's that's what you need. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't know how to. We we just. There's no room unless he takes a pay cut at the Browns. Unless we want to include Duke with someone else, which I don't know who would we we'd even throw in and make the money work. Yeah. I uh if you want a defensive tackle who's not gonna bring the same thing as Gerald McCoy. Gerald McCoy's a pass rusher first. But Corey, I like to entertain the idea of bringing back Danny Shelton. I mean, you look at Malcolm Brown, a player identical to him, got a three-year, $15 million deal. That's what the Browns could do. Yeah. Uh, I, is, he, he's not, is he available? He is I a free th- agent. I thought he had one more year on his deal. Nope. He's, a, uh, he's still a free agent. You could, probably at this year's, you could probably at this point sign him to a one-year deal. And Danny Shelton's not going to bring you great pass rush. And the Browns are probably going to get passed on a lot this year. So I understand why you would not want that. But right now, our two defensive tackles are smaller pass rushing tackles. Everyone needs that sh- everyone needs that stuffer, you know? Yeah. Uh I I'm trying Or do you have a different do you have a different player maybe in mind or anything to add about that or just I, I don't know. I Danny show that it through me, I thought he's still uh still on contract. I, I, I'm here to throw you through loops, not work with you. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. If if you can get him for, I don't know how much they'd even pay him. How much? I so at this point it would be, you could sign him for a one year, four million dollar deal. He's waited too long. This, I mean, you look at Ziggy Ansa. They got him for a one year deal over in Seattle. I don't know why it works like that, but after the draft, the, your contract value just depreciates greatly. I've never understood that. I'd love to bring Danny Shel- uh, Shelton back. I think he was—I thought he was great. Absolutely, a, 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 a very good run-stopping uh, defensive tackle. But we—I think uh, now we can kind of move into talking about the salary cap in general, more general, and kind of end with this Gerald McCoy thing. So I don't want to talk about it long because, guys, it should never happen. You should be praying that doesn't happen. We get Gerald McCoy. We don't get Joe Schobert. We don't get J.C. Treader. We don't get Kareem Hunt. Shit's going to hit the fan if we keep adding superstars. My good friend, Dan Doherty, says all the time, I love. I would love to have these players, but you can't just have your team full of superstars. You still need those lunch pail guys. I, I, you know, like people just expect that you can have Odell and Le'Veon and uh, Aaron Rodgers, like all on the same team, Corey. They don't realize that 
your meat and potatoes makes up most of the lineup. I, the way I see it is, if it, like just focusing on the defense, right now you have two, I'm going to say, elite pass stretching ends. Yes, you have one of the top five, and then you have a, a you have a premium in Olivier Vernon. Miles Garrett a, will probably have twenty sacks this year. That is my get. That is my guess. You have an above average uh, tackle in Richardson, and you have an average to slightly above average in Ogunjobi. I think in, in Logan, in, um, and I know you're not hating on him. I know you really like Larry Ogunjobi, and his play has been average. That that you're stating facts. However. To play, I guess it wouldn't be devil's advocate, to play angel's advocate. He has played, he has been playing with like a torn bicep. And Miles and Larry have played some of the most snaps out of defensive tackles in the past two seasons. So I'm just throwing this stuff in there to let people know. I'm not trying to disagree with you. I, yeah. I completely agree. My, Sheldon Richardson has played good. And Larry Ogunjobi has truthfully just played average to above average. But we all know he has that next step in him. Yeah. But go on. But I'm right there, you have four above or a, average or above players. If yep. you have even slightly on their best day average backups, I don't think that's all that bad. Like no, I still think they. Um, the thing is, I think Gennard Avery is going to take on one of those edge positions. And I think Gennard Avery is going to thrive in it. He's the strongest 265-pound player I've ever seen in my life. He's fast. He's strong. He's compact. He's explosive. He's quick. He's smart. And he can do drop back in the pass in the passings. Miles Garrett did a little bit last year, and he uh, and Miles Garrett, with as big as he is, makes a big, uh, makes just covers a big radius. And then you still have Chris Smith, who I think is going to have a much better year this year. Yeah, he's not that bad of a player everyone uh, then Gennard Avery like I said and then you brought in Wyatt Ray from Boston College who people thought should have been drafted and he was undrafted still has a lot to prove but he's a fast player uh, he might get some reps and then Anthony Zettel we saw him and that I think I want to say it was a Falcons game or maybe the Carolina game and he came in on a fourth on a goal line stand and made the sack on the third or fourth down so, yeah, Corey, keep going on about what you're – I just wanted to let people know kind of what we're at with edge defenders. I just I just think it's crazy that everyone thinks you need all above-average guys all the way through. Like, no, you don't. Like, granted, that you you, do, you need as good as players as you can get, but it's it's just not as simple as just get, a, just get everybody. <laughs> everybody yeah. you can possibly get. Like, no, you can't pay them. There's no point to paying your defensive line thirty million while your corners and your linebackers are getting nothing. Like it just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I uh I completely agree. And Trayvon Coley, who's a he's a below average player, played six hundred and fourteen snaps last year. I I full heartedly do not believe he should be playing. I think that some of those edge defenders I was talking about will take the edge and Miles Garrett will go into the three technique uh, every now and again and play that defensive tackle. But that's what I just, Danny Shelton fits into this defense too damn well. That's what's scary. You have a pass rusher um, 
and a great run defender and uh, Sheldon Richardson. You have a, a a developing pass rusher who has all the right tools. He's just taken that last step in Larry Ogunjobi, who had a small school college teaching him, and now he's getting that professional help, and you can see him blossoming before our eyes. Um, and he took that step. So PFF grade-wise, he took a step down last year. But like we said, a lot of snaps, um, no help, torn bicep. And you add Danny Shelton to that group, and you're rotating three people constantly that are above-average tackles, and one that I think would be considered a good tackle in, Dan- in Sheldon Richardson. I think that's what, like you said, Corey, that's what people are missing out on is the, the Philadelphia Eagles, when they won the Super Bowl, they didn't have eight superstar linemen. They had three or four, and then they had great role players who could come in and play two snaps a drive. Nothing to add on that? Uh, No, I mean, you pretty much covered it all. I, I, that was everything I wanted to say about it. All right. So there we covered the defensive line. I So with 2020, there's going to be heartache when it comes to Browns to real Browns fans, not bandwagon Browns fans. Because you're going to have to seriously consider cutting two people that have just meant a lot to this franchise, uh, you know, over the past year or two. And that's Jarvis Landry, Duke Johnson, and one, if not my favorite Browns player, Christian Kirksey. Yeah, now, I, I agree with that. There's a certain Browns um, podcaster out there that refuses to acknowledge that Jarvis Landry is a viable player in the NFL. I, however, am not going to be so ignorant to say that. He's a good receiver. He is a physical receiver. People don't like to hit him over the middle because he's a hard-hitting receiver. He has that toughness. He can catch. Uh, He's good after the catch. He's great in the locker room. But $14 is a lot of money. Now— For a slot. Yes. And I'm—this is just me doing the cap— If I were to do it, I would cut or restructure Jarvis heavily. However, if they keep Jarvis at $14 million, I'm not going to really give that much of a damn. He changed the culture of the Browns. I know that there were people here before him. But he came in, and I don't care about the hard knocks, rah-rah speech, we play when we're hurt. It was the field. He didn't get the ball. He didn't care. He was celebrating. Baker Mayfield missed a pass to him. He didn't care. He's patting him on his butt. He didn't get the ball because they were running it. He would block his ass off. Jarvis Landry is a great player. $14 million is really expensive for him. However, I don't know if you're on the same boat, Corey. If they did keep him at $14 million, it's not like I would get pissed off. I wouldn't even bat an eye. I would just say, okay, we're keeping Jarvis. Uh, Just give me one second. You're good. If you're looking up his stats, I think he had 996 for four touchdowns. 
um, while you're doing that, the and the Christian Kirksey, he's a true culture changer, an absolutely great locker room guy, and the most important guys. It's not the sports. He's a great philanthropist and great in the community. Uh, he just does everything you would ever ask for in a person, in a human being, not just a professional athlete. And I think there's a really good chance Kirko will say, I want to be here to reap the benefits of the Browns. Cut me down. I'll take $5 million. I'll take $4 million a year. That's only a $4 million cutoff. He's gotten a lot of money, more than he probably ever should have. And the other thing is Christian Kirksey, when he wasn't under the regime of Greg Williams and his son Blake Williams, the linebacker's coach, he was a good linebacker. He's good in space to make plays. He's good in coverage. He comes up with a play every now and again, a fumble or an interception that just just uh, really uh, really helps his value. But nine million, almost it's nine point eight million. I think just ain't gonna cut it. But Corey, if you want to talk about Jarvis, whoever. Yeah, feel- sorry, my headset died. <laughs> no, you're good. Um. I love you're fi- Jarvis. You're I, I love Jarvis. I think he's probably one of my greatest receiver. He's in my top five. My favorite receivers, not greatest. He's one of my favorite receivers. He's probably a top selling Cleveland jersey as well. Probably, uh, but I think if you can't get him to sign a smaller uh, deal, there's no way. Even if he just cuts it down to ten million, I know that's only four million, but that's four million you can add on to Joe Schobert's deal. You know, I know that's it's still a lot though. Like for a it slot is. for a slot receiver on top of paying Odell, who I Odell's can... who Odell's contract does go down in the future, which is nice. Yes, it does, but it's it's at the same time as he's ooh, I, yeah, it's, it's tough to to pay two receivers when you don't really use receivers in the postseason that's fair like if if you had kareem hunt and uh chubb making that money that's one thing but two two high i'm gonna i'd say high rate high usage receivers up until the postseason which i don't know the browns may do something with it because we have two high usage high high caliber players I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm gonna. It's, it's too much to spend on receivers. I'm gonna argue with you on one thing. I'll make it a little interesting. With you saying that Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt should be uh, would be okay if they get paid. I'm actually the complete opposite. I am, I am anti spending money on running backs. And hear me out. Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley, um, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Le'Veon Bell. Um, sure I'm forgetting people, Melvin Gordon, none of those guys have ever led their team to a Super Bowl. Who did lead teams to Super Bowls and help win were Sony Michelle and C.J. Anderson, who C.J. Anderson was basically getting paid the pennies out of your couch cushions. And Sony Michelle was getting paid a last pick in the draft. Uh, last pick in the first round salary, which is still high, but not expensive, not super great. It's like my whole. Uh, so I actually would 
I'm okay with paying two receivers because I think with the Browns, I don't think they'll have a run centric offense. I don't, I know that their running backs are going to be outstanding. And I think there'll be games where they run the ball a lot. But when you have someone like Baker Mayfield, and I think the same thing about the Seahawks, they, I think they waste Russell Wilson's talent. They don't, they should not be running the ball the most in the NFL. They have the best, if not one of the top three quarterbacks in the NFL and Russell Wilson. So I really hope that the Browns stay with the passing in the playoffs. And especially if maybe they have a home field advantage and they're playing a, gosh, I don't know if they're playing the Texans, a team that's used to playing in the warm and they come and Cleveland gets home field and it's in December and they're playing in Cleveland and it's cold. I would hope that the cat, the Browns would just throw the ball on the Texans a lot, try to run up the score. Cause then the Texans wouldn't feel comfortable throwing in that cold. That's my argument. I, I am okay with paying two receivers that much. What scares me is the future of paying other premium players. But I do, I do understand what you're saying. It's hard, especially watching last year's postseason. Yeah, it, it, it. I, I just have a hard time accepting the, the high. Like if you, if you're, if you got one, if you just have Odell, fine, whatever, you make it work. But it, it, that, that's Jarvis. I mean, he changed it. He changed everything, which is why I I think I'd be okay, but I still probably wouldn't be happy about it. And and let's be honest, I know they're grown men, but Odell would be upset. Any normal person that all of a sudden gets to work with their very best friend, and then the next year they say, "Nah, we're gonna pull him." I. I don't know. I just don't I don't see Odell being okay with that at all. And that could cause for him sitting out until he gets a twenty million dollar a year deal. But uh real quickly, and then we're gonna get into something else because I don't want to bore you guys with numbers, but the basis of this is oh, Cleveland fans, Indians scored fourteen points today. Fourteen runs, excuse me. So we can stop freaking out that they're not scoring because, hey, it is May. And, hey, teams that start off hot don't end the season hot. So I don't want to hear any more Indians negative crap, all right? Lindor and Jose haven't found their stride yet, so everyone just calm the hell down. Sorry, Corey. But anyway, people are going to need to be cut. People are going to need to be restructured because people are going to get paid more. Miles Garrett, Baker, Denzel... Their pay keeps jumping up until their contracts are out. And then, believe it or not, Miles Garrett is going to be the highest paid end in the NFL when he gets paid. That's that's the sad part about it. Denzel Ward and Baker Mayfield are going to be very high paid. But I did a little salary cap manager thing on Spot Track. Go check it out. It's really nice. These are the players I cut. Uh, oh, actually, I traded Jarvis and Duke. Um... I restructured Kirko to four million. I cut TJ Carey. He's making eight million. That's ungodly. I cut Chris Hubbard. He's making eight million. That's not worth it. But watch for Hubbard to be a good trade piece. So I should add that in. Uh, I cut Chris Smith. He's making five million. That's not good. Darius Taylor is making three million. I don't even want him on the team. Morgan Burnett's making four million. Nada. 
I signed back Joe Schobert for $10 million, and that might be being light, guys. He should get more than that. He's that good of a player. Signed back Treader for $9 million a year, and I signed back Kareem Hunt for $7 million a year. Now, in that scenario, we still have $15 million in cap space. So, do you keep Jarvis? Um, I, I say if you can get him for under... I think I would take I would take him at ten willingly. Ten ten would be about my max. Yeah, and here's the thing, guys. Cream Hunt might not even be available for a one year seven million dollar deal. He might break out, and someone might offer him a couple years, and he might take it. I I think Kareem Hunt might stay, even if he does. Even if, if he has a very great year. That he's a stud, and the Browns don't offer him an extension, one that's worth someone of his stature. Mm-hmm. I think he still might stay because out of all the teams, the Browns gave him an offer. The Browns gave him that second chance. He's from Cleveland. He played in Toledo. He plays he well John in the cold Dorsey. weather. Yeah, he, John Dorsey drafted him. Um, and here's something else to consider: you get a run against the Raven, the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Bengals six times a year. Ravens, a good run defense. They were great. Really, you only got to worry about Brandon Williams and Michael Pierce. Outside of that, it's a bunch of defensive backs. Kareem Hunt does well when he gets to that second level. So the Ravens, yeah, they're not going to be easy games, but that's something, you know, um, they're getting old. The Steelers, no run defense. Run all day on them. And the Bengals, he might get 1,000 yards in two games against them. Bengals are the new Browns. Yeah, which is sad because they have one of the most talented receivers ever who just never has been able to be able to. Maybe we'll trade Jarvis for A.J. Green. We'll give him a first-round pick. (laughs) But anyway, guys, that's just my thing. I did tweet it on the dog check pod. And like I said, if Jarvis is signed back, I'm not going to be that upset. Yes, the cap space is going to hurt. You'll find it in other places, though. You can... can finagle it in different ways like um so uh demetrius harris if you don't want to pay him britain colquitt's making three million dollars he's a punter guys and we brought in the scottish hammer uh eric kush is making two million kendall lamb's making three million um it's things like that like there's just little things along the way you can consider uh i you know it you, you guys play around with it it's a fun thing to do but, Corey, you looked at it. Is there anything you will wildly disagree with me about? or? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I, I looked into it, and everything's fairly... I, I agree with you on most of everything. I did give... Um, I gave Odell $2 million more a year. So instead of 14 he's still getting paid 16 That Hey, guys, he's going to have a great season. It's just inevitable. Um, and then Olivier Vernon, I gave a three million pay cut. I think he's willing to take that. He's still going to be getting paid twelve million dollars a year. And here's something else that it's it's perceivable. You you don't pay J.C. Treader. This this is with you releasing Duke Johnson, not trading. Did I did I release him? Yeah. Okay, release him. Trade him. Sorry. Um, if you don't sign back J.C. Treader, that's $9 million a year. 
you don't you don't have a center, but the only way you do that is if you're if you think you have that next guy in that line room already, which I talked about a little bit in episode one or two, and we're gonna talk about these players. I'm gonna break down position groups and talk about position groups per episode in the future. Um you got two Brian's Brian Forbes, Brian Finan 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 Agafo. Gosh, I'm probably butchering that name. Um, they're tackles. They can be moved inside. Who knows? I think you pay J.C. Treader. Corey, I don't know about you. I just is a guy that played a whole season on a high ankle sprain. And I was rewatching some of the games last year, guys. And the Texans game, which isn't when he sprained it, he gets his leg pinned in, and you see him budge that ankle. And then it. I was watching the condensed version. He just walks back up to the line next time and gets right back into the right back into the scum, the scrum. Sorry, and he just that's that's who I want on my team, at least. Yeah, I agree with you there. He he is a very, very solid player. I think he's really good. I think he'll be good for a while, and if he's healthy, because if 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 he did play on the high ankle sprain, pretty much most of the season. It's something to look at. You're right. You're right. I think he'll be better. And if you give him a, if you give him a raise, I, I'm not opposed. Yeah. 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 I mean, he had a. You what, can't his, pay him out the ass. But. And PFF, he was ranked the eighth best center last year on a high ankle sprain. Yeah. With the rookie quarterback, with no true number one wide receiver. It's all things to take into consideration. But that's the salary cap. If you have any questions about the salary cap, go ahead, hit me up on Twitter. I'll be feel free to talk about with you all day. Just finished my finals today. I'm good to chat whenever. Have a slight addiction to the Browns, if you didn't know that. <laughs> Corey, I've never talked about the Browns. Do you have I? Never. Not once. <laughs> um, we're gonna kind of talk about the OTAs, guys. Corey, what it, out of everything coming out of OTAs, I know you kind of were just watching some videos on it. What's your favorite or maybe most surprising or just something about the OTAs that you want to talk about first, like you personally? I'll go All let right. you go talk. I got, I got three. I got – Whoa. Baker looks, Baker looks fresh. He looks he looks sharp. Yeah, did you see his beard shaved today? Everyone was bitching about it, but I think <laughs> he looks good. The beard made him look fat. He, he did look a little chubby. All right, that's uh, all right, though. A little insulation up in Cleveland. Odell looks hyped to be here. I'm excited about that. Yeah, it, it, it hurts a little bit uh, that he wasn't here on day two. But then I was I, right away, I'm like, okay, he's not participating on day two. And then I was like, oh, he's not participating on day two. That means no, uh, no chance for injury. I don't want any of my guys to be at OTAs unless you're a rookie or you suck. That's my thing. Or um, a quarterback. I know you want to talk about Greedy, so I'll leave him for you. I like the fact that Duke Johnson is actually participating in uh, whatever one I watched of him doing stuff. I know everyone was talking about how he wasn't going to do anything. but Yeah, it, it was nice to see that Duke was there. Uh, like Godell, he didn't participate today, but... Even even if he doesn't do a whole lot, it still shows he's he's ready to be here. Yeah, he showed up to the facility yesterday. I don't know. Corey, can you hear me fine from back here? Yeah, yep. All right. Uh, 
Uh, he showed up to facilities. It's kind of like there's no point in you working if you don't know what's going to happen with you. It These guys have $5 million on the line. It's not the NBA. It's not guaranteed. He gets hurt. It, he's out the door. I'm sure he went in, said, John, tell me what's going up. Tell me what's going on with me. I want it real. And I'm sure Dorsey said, Duke, we have a place for you on this team. We do have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt's not going to be there till the ninth game. Freddie Kitchens wants to use you. Are you okay with taking a lesser role? And, you know, Duke was either not or happy with it. I don't know. What do you think about the whole Duke thing? I'm, 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 I was on the Duke hype train when he got here. And Duke. I, I loved him, but he, I don't know. He just, he seemed to ex- just sit, sit down and take it. And he just lost, lost his role. So, I mean, I don't know. I, Nick Chubb, don't get me wrong. Nick Chubb's a stub. Yeah, Nick Chubb is a stud. I think he's great. I think he's going to be good for a while. I don't know if he'll ever be elite, elite. I think he is above average. I, th- I He's high tier, in my opinion. I don't know if he's top five. But we don't need that. Uh, yeah. Duke Johnson is n- not anywhere near that. He's he's a he's a solid running back. I I like that. Backup role, I think he'll be great. Starting, he'll be good, but I think he'd I think he'd more flourish in that backup role. And unfortunately, I mean, well, unfortunately for him, fortunate for us, we just signed Kareem Hunt who is a he's a beast. Could be a beast. We don't know yet. We don't it's it's been a whole what year since he played. Will be when he comes yeah. back. Yep, yep, full calendar year. Yep. So that could, that's be good for his body though. Yeah. All right. Um I I've I want to break off of the OTAs for just a second. I was not on Twitter. I was at the dog park with my dog. I got a little sunburnt. He is asleep, flat on his ass, balls in the air and all. PG thirteen. Um, Baker Mayfield and Colin Cowherd and OBJ. Gotta do it again. I saw got, it. Yeah. Do it again. We're gonna talk about that a little bit, guys. Let me block Colin Cowherd. Nope, I can't I see what Colin. he. I cannot. Of course, be quiet for a second. I'm making a point. I can't see what Colin Cowherd tweeted. I blocked him two months ago. It's been the best two months of my life. He knows we're good fans. He wants clicks. He wants the clicks. We have the most polarizing athlete in the NFL. He wants your clicks. But this is what Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna view it even though he's blocked. Okay. Oh jeez. Alright, Colin Calhoun did a top ten moments of OBJ's career. I'm gonna hundred percent assume it was all something about he was on the boat, he kicked a he peed like he's a dog, he wasn't ready for a playoff game, he kicked a kicker's net. Guys, OBJ's passionate. Cleveland's passionate. It's about to be the most hot and steamy relationship of this city's life. Get ready for it. 
get ready for it. Baker Mayfield, you back up OBJ. That's what I'm freaking talking about. Corey, if you want to talk about it, you can, because I can't see what Cowherd tweeted. Okay. Uh, Sorry, this isn't about the same incident. This was a few hours later. This was three hours ago. Colin tweeted, uh, just woke up from a wonderful nap, and two of my favorite guys at Baker Mayfield and at OBJ are throwing throwing bombs at me, telling me nobody likes likes me and stuff. Hurtful, especially after all the love I gave both. Sometimes it's hard being the most beloved media icon in America. Whatevs, popcorn. And then Baker then responded, never said nobody likes you, just just essentially said you were irrational. But there you go again, twisting around words. You just saying, I like him, doesn't mean you're showing us love. Crying face, crying face, crying face. So Baker, I mean, OBJ just posted a picture. Um... Colin Cowherd texted him, congrats, on March 12th. I don't know if it was this March 12th, last year's March 12th. Um, OBJ responded crazy. And then Colin Cowherd responded in the text message, kick ass, I'm rooting for you. OBJ replied, this is the shit I be talking about with the bold TV who see people in person have completely different convos. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Colin Cowherd is a freaking rat, guys. He just wants your clicks. Baker Mayfield's going to feed him, and I don't care. I love me some Baker Mayfield cockiness. But I broke away from my thing. I am sorry. Block Colin Cowherd, unless you're Corey, who doesn't take as much offense to it as I do. (laughs) Okay, so Corey talked about Baker's looking fresh. He's looking jacked. He talked about Duke Johnson being there was a good thing. And he talked about how OBJ is is excited to be in Cleveland. I want to talk about how Callaway has looked nothing but great on the tape. They said he got faster, stronger, and smarter. I... He looked pretty much like the fastest guy on the field at all times to me last year, Corey. I don't know about you. Yeah, he 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 was pretty quick. I I will give you that. He was he in Todd Munkin's offense. He's gonna play the Deshaun Jackson role: nine routes, drag routes, motions, and more nine routes. Which a nine route is a straight go. People don't know, but he's stronger than Deshaun Jackson. He's better with yards after the catch than Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> Guys, he cares about the game. He's staying out of trouble. He's working on his craft. That's great to see. Uh, he's going he's gonna to do great things this year, have a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, a lot of big plays. And he's probably going to return kicks for you. Um, and then I want to talk about Greedy Williams. He's been getting to the facility an hour and 15 minutes early to watch film with the defensive backs coach. I don't, oh, what are you, I, Corey, that just, that just, oh, it gets me going. That pumps my blood right there. That's, he's that's exactly what I want. Shut, he's not doing it to kiss ass. He's a brown, it's browns. It's brown notes. Come on. This Like, after seeing the rookie year that Denzel Ward have, had, I'm expecting the same thing from Greedy Williams. 
Is that two, fair? Two lockup corners. I think that'd be sweet. Yeah, I mean, um, you have to worry about uh, whether they put Greedy on an island and man where he thrives or in a zone. And I do want to clarify, people are worried about the Steve Wilkes defense being zone heavy. It's very zone heavy. He'll adjust. Um, if he, he will does, adjust. He will adjust, but also, I do want to clarify, he runs a cover three. Cover three in today's spread NFL, lots of down-the-field action. It's not man coverage, but it's a lot like man coverage. And he can also adjust the way their scheme of cover three works to make it more of like a man coverage. However, if Steve Wilkes does not adjust, he will be fired. And I'll step in and take the role. I've played Madden. I know how to use Denzel Ward. I had 16 interceptions with him in Madden 19. So, no, but he'll adjust. These players will get better. I mean, if Greedy Williams can't learn to play zone, then he can't be a viable NFL corner anyway. So, we can't worry about that. But what we can worry about is he has been coming in an hour and 15 minutes early, and that's exactly what you want to see as a Browns fan. He's getting his technique right. He's getting his... Film watching uh, down down pat, and he's learning how to take away and um, exploit problems with the wide receivers route running. And then, Corey, did you have like anything else you wanted to add before we get into the listener question? I mean, anything about the Browns that you just want to get off your chest? Um, I think we covered. I mean, my biggest thing was OBJ. He's he's. I'm excited. Uh, and so excited! I'm, you got his jersey, right? I did, yeah. I did. What a poser! OBJ jersey, gosh. I also got a Baker, but nope. Talking about that. I uh, <laughs> right now I have a Denzel and a Baker, and I don't know who my third's gonna be yet. It's hopefully Schobert, but I want them to sign the extension first. Um. All right, so the listener question this is a very good listener. I'm I I'm not getting that name right. So, uh, but his his Twitter handle is at One Leg Man. Go give him a follow. He's had great insight so far. He said, "How did the draft affect us from getting Darren Lee? Darren Lee was a cheap price to pay. Great question. He was a cheap price to pay. However, this is also the last year of his contract. So, you get a player who's only had one good year in the NFL, Darren Lee." Or you draft Sione Takitaki and Mac Wilson, who have four years um, on a cheaper contract, and Takitaki is better than Darren Lee. I think he will step on the field and be better than Darren Lee. Mac Wilson, I don't know if he'll ever be as good as Darren Lee was last year, but Darren Lee in his first two years were bad. Um. And Taki Taki's not the same kind of player as Darren Lee is. But you have to think that the Browns are say, saying to themselves internally, we could have got Darren Lee, but we have Joe Schobert, we have Sione Taki Taki, we have Jannard Avery, who's an end-Sam-type player. You have Mac Wilson, who they're high on. He's a good coverage linebacker, but that's it. Um, and then you always have next year's draft. You already have nine picks so far. I mean, that's just so far. So I think... 
I personally, Corey, I wasn't. I think people wanted Lee because he was a Buckeye linebacker, and people are obsessed with the Buckeyes. And I totally get that. That's that's yeah. I mean, I do the same thing. Like even when it makes no sense, when when the Buckeyes have a guy that's available that could go in that round or could go in that pick, I'm immediately like, oh, fucking get him. Yeah, I uh, I. I don't know about you, Corey, but Taki Taki to me is just way too intriguing to mix with Joe Schobert in that offense to even like try to mess with this linebacker group. Just let Taki Taki grow. He's only been a linebacker for one year, and he was good. He was very good. And Joe Schobert's a, an elite level linebacker. I and you're playing in a league where you really only want two linebackers on the field the majority of the time. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I mean. Totally makes sense. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather go with a rookie who has yet to prove himself, but has more potential than someone who hasn't proved anything yet. He proved he's a slightly below average linebacker. Yeah, uh, and he had a good year last year. I think he was second in the NFL in. Uh, uh, coverage but he's only had one good year he hasn't stood out like he just no he's i don't know and i hate this they traded for a first round pick with a sixth round that just means the first round pick was not a good choice i don't don't tell me they get a first round talent with a sixth round pick no you got him with a sixth round pick because he was a fourth or fifth round talent (laughs) i hate that but, I mean, do you have anything else to add? Uh, that's it for me. I mean. All right. Well, if you're all good, um, I just wanted to uh, say it again. Go over, check out the giveaway on Twitter, at DogCheckPod. Guys, it's a great hat. It's a great deal. You guys don't have to do anything but retweet and get people to follow the account. Um, thank you, Corey, for coming on the show again. Uh, for you listeners, we're going to try to make this happen, uh, try to do weekly, we get together and talk, uh, Corey's, and if we give a round of applause, Corey is now officially a homeowner as of today, but he still took time to join our podcast, but thank you once again, we will be on Apple very soon, giveaway going on, podcast is now Available for sponsors. Lots of exciting things going on. Thank you for listening to the Dog Check Podcast.